0: Um, yeah, (laughs) and just so you know, if you don't get on to one of the courses you want, there's people signed up for all, and there was actually a a more, I was more encouraged by the amount of interest from the start in all these and the other three than I expected. So if you don't get on to this one, we'll do them again, because I think they're all really important topics. So yeah, so that's that. Good Good morning. How's everyone feeling this morning? Okay. Put up the first slide, Warren. Um, so we're starting a new year, and often at the start of the new year, we look at what are let's so just see myself on the screen and you seeing me there. Hello. Um, you guys can't see that. Um, we we rethink about what are the important things that God is calling us into in any new year, and that's such an important thing to do because, as maybe I've said regularly, I heard once someone say, vision leaks. The stuff we don't want to leak doesn't. <laughs> it stays, or the stuff, sorry, we, yeah, the stuff we, we want to keep with us leaks, and the stuff we don't want sticks with us, but vision leaks. So, so every year we, we start again, and, and what's this all about, and what is God calling us into? Uh, So that's what we're gonna be talking about this morning. Pursuing God, how, what does it mean to be pursuing God in 2023? We see it in these signs every week. But before we talk about this, I wanna ask us a question. Stick the next slide up there, one. And I don't want you to put your hand up and tell me, but I want you to think about it in your head. How are you doing? Doug just talked about being honest and real. Take a moment to be honest and real with God. How am I doing? And what I'd love you to do is put a number on it. My undergrad, my studies are in science. So I love quantifying something. I think it puts a stark reality on it when we quantify something. One is I'm not doing well at all. 10 is I have never been better. I came in this morning flying. Put a number on it. How are you doing? Let that float in your head for a bit. Another question, maybe still almost as vague as how you are doing, because that's a pretty vague question. How are you doing spiritually? Whatever that word floats in your head. How are you doing spiritually? Put a number on it. Just get a little more specific here. How is your love for God, for God, toward God? We're told the greatest thing we can do with our lives is love God and love our neighbors. But we're not always there. (laughs) How is your love for God? Put a number on it. Three, nine, zero. Here's a much more important question. How loved do you feel by God? How known and loved do you feel by the creator of the universe? Put a number on that one. one more. How um, purposed do you feel going into 2023? How full of mission, purpose, I know what I'm going into this for. Do you feel going in? There's, there's, I maybe should have said, there's no right or wrong answer to this. This is you and God and your thoughts and your number. (laughs) How purposed do you feel going into 2023? Um, I want to start by telling you a, a story that I want to qualify. This is an anomaly. This is an abnormal story in my life. This does not happen every day. But uh, a while ago, I spent a couple hours um, sitting on the floor of a friend's apartment with him late one night. Uh, You don't know him, so don't try to imagine who I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, He was very drunk and in not a good place. And I just sat with him on the floor on the way to his living room um, as he was Mm -hmm. crying and slurring and lying. Mm -hmm. And and I just sat there, what do you do? (laughs) I just sat there and rubbed his back and prayed quietly over him, just quietly to God as he barely understandably slurred out the misery and the brokenness of his life in that moment and in this season. And then I eventually got him up and got him to his couch and and sat there with him. And I asked him, can I pray with you? And amazingly, he said, please do. And that's amazing. Actually, I have a few friends that know I'm a Christian and I've talked with them about God, but a few friends that anytime I mention God, just stop, just don't even go there with me. I don't wanna know. But he said, please do. And I grabbed his hands and I prayed with him. And I prayed the power and love and grace of God over him. I prayed for the power of God in that Presence in that moment against whatever lies Satan was telling him or whatever realities he was sitting with him in evil and in darkness. I prayed grace and truth and the reality of the life and death and resurrection and, and his need for that life and that power. I prayed, I thank God for him and who he was and, and the beauty I did see in him. I just, I just prayed with him for a while and he just sat and wept. And then I finished and said amen or whatever, however you finish prayers. <laughs> And he just said, barely, barely understandably, I, I want to believe all that stuff. I want to believe all that stuff. Um, and then I, he wasn't in a place to have any sort of a conversation. So I left him lying on his couch to hopefully sleep it off to a, a better day. And, I left with two things going on in my mind. One, heartbroken for the reality and even the, where does it go from here? You know, when, you, when there's no even, you can't even think of a complex solution, let alone an easy one. How do you, and heartbroken for that reality. But I also left strangely full of, of like a life and a, purpose, and uh, when I, the word buzz almost came into my mind when I was, of, wow, I just had the privilege of sitting and praying with someone in one of their darkest spaces. I just had the privilege of someone being so real and honest with me that they were crying and lying on the floor, and um, and be able to and then be able to pray over them and speak a life over them who gets those moments i just had that privilege and i left full of life because I, I was you know i had the opportunity to follow jesus into the places that he goes the places that he is When we read the scriptures, we read Luke together. and After we read Luke in December, someone texted me and said, you know, thanks so much for, for asking us to read through this. Because every time I read through the Gospels, I'm just reminded about how hardcore and awesome and loving and, you know, the, all that that Jesus is and how, what he calls us into. And I left just full of life that I, I had the privilege in that moment, and this is an abnormal story, but of walking with Jesus, he went and is in constantly the messiest places. And I left with life feeling like I was where I was supposed to be tonight. I wasn't where I wanted to be. Nobody wants to be lying on the floor of the friend as they're drunk. I wasn't, you know, if I put a top 10 list together, that wasn't what I would have asked for, for 11 o'clock on a Thursday night. But I, I just, I was with, I was where God had for me to be in that moment. So I left heartbroken and full of life, if you can, if you can understand that. Paradox. So let that sit with you as we. And that's an anomaly. It doesn't happen every day. A couple of verses that have really been um, uh, haunting me. That's probably not a good word, but I'll use it. Haunting me, not letting me go over the last little while. There are a couple passages. Well, there's a few, but I'm going to show you two of them. First one is Matthew chapter 16, 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. <laughs> what do you do with that stuff? <laughs> Another one is John eight thirty one and 32. To the Jews who had believed in him, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if... <clears throat> if you hold to my teachings, that is if you know my teachings and obey my teachings, if you walk in my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Most of us know and love verse 32, don't we? You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. (sighs) But Jesus never said that in some arbitrary or you know, theoretical, when you believe something, it'll set you free. It's no, if you hold to, walk in, obey my teachings, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And what are his teachings? Whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find it." Don't you love how light Jesus is? (laughs) But here's the thing, the gospels are saturated, oozing with, overflowing with grace. God working, Jesus working and loving and saving the worst, the messiest, the most undeserving people. And not just once, over and over and over again. I'm reading the story of Jacob right now. Man, that guy was, his life was so gray and so complicated and so deceitful, yet God was kept his promises. Anyway, that's an aside. The gospels are oozing with grace. Saving, having patience with, going back to the messiest people, you and me. But they are also unquestionably and unrepentantly calling those same people, you and me, into a life of sacrifice and obedience to. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Not Buddy Jesus, do you remember that movie that had the, I won't recommend it, so I won't even say the title, but there's a movie that had Buddy Jesus on it. And he's our friend, he calls us our friend. But the overwhelming title is Lord Jesus. And obedience following Jesus happens on the floor of an apartment late at night. Rarely though, rarely. It happens with your neighbor when you're walking out to the bins and you don't really have time, but they start talking to you about that thing and you know you you need to stop and listen. It happens at work, connecting with, sitting beside, stopping with that colleague that just grates on you and everyone else. It happens when you're prompted by the spirit is the spiritual word, but maybe just have that feeling like you need to stop and ask someone, how are you doing? Like, how are you really doing? And they ask why, and you don't really have a a good answer other than, and maybe God told me to ask, (laughs) awkward. It happens when someone at work or school or on your street is hurting and you know it. You don't even have to have a spiritual revelation, but you, you feel compelled to pray with them and not just for them when you go home. And it happens when you know someone who needs the hope and truth and grace of Jesus. And you're maybe the only one who can tell them about it. Especially when you fully don't understand it yourself. (laughs) Those are obedience, uh, following Jesus' moments. And they happen in those ways, in all sorts of other ways in our lives. Our vision statement at Grace is pursuing God, proclaiming Jesus, and transforming lives. And I I wanna say off the start, that's not a statement of achievement, that's the church where we see our title, Grace, we're so gracious. That's not, it means we need it desperately. That's a statement of that is who we want to be. God, by your grace, we want a people who, are, who have received from you so that we are even capable of pursuing you. Lord, help us be a people that are proclaiming Jesus. And man, do we want to be a church that are transforming lives. So you see that every day. And that's always our vision and that's always what God has for us. Um, but I was running uh, running and praying over Christmas, and I don't see it to say that arrogantly. I, 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 if, see, if I'm sitting in a chair, I am rubbish at praying. I'm like, oh, look at the squirrel. Oh, that carpet needs to be vacuumed. <laughs> so I need to get out and walk and do something else if I have any hope of praying or thinking clearly. So I was running and praying over Christmas, and I was asking God, Lord, what do you have for us in 2023? What do you have for me and what do you have for us as a church family in 2023? And as I asked that question, the words that immediately came to my mind were this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Again and again, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And you maybe know this is the last part of a verse, John 15, 5, where Jesus says to his disciples and to whoever's there with them in the moment, I am the vine and you are the branches. You feed off me. That's how amazing and close this relationship is. <clears throat> but he goes on to say, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The next one up. Pursuing the glory of God is about seeking His way over my way. That's the reality of it. It's about laying down your cross so you can walk with him. It's about following him, not following you. But the crazy thing of the paradox of God's way is that when we lay down our way, when we're willing to sacrifice our life, that's when he gives us life. That's when he gives us life. And the warning is that if you don't, you get nothing pursuing the glory of god our we- actually it's not going to come up there but our website says this at grace fellowship we are about pointing people to the creator of the universe who loves every single one of us our desire above all is that you will see the awesome reality of God and want to know Him more. We want to be a people that are known by glorifying God. We want to be a people who are pointing people to God, not, people, not helping people say, man, isn't it great how good Grace Fellowship is, how nice they are, how kind they are, the treats they give us, isn't that so nice? <laughs> Our leadership actually asked a while ago, we were having the, talking about you know, this, our vision, and, and do we really believe this? And, and the question we asked was, what if revival broke out in Balmahinch? What if like God just moved powerfully and every other church in the town grew but us? Here's a tough question for you, would you be happy with that? <laughs> would you be content with that? <laughs> And the question, we, the, the point we came to is we'd have to be. And our only hope is, Lord. Could we have, some, if, as long as we can have something to do with that, that's all, and we're human of course, but that's, that's what our hope is, even if it doesn't affect us at all. We don't want to be like Jonah, who was sent to Nineveh, caused this massive revival in Nineveh, then phew, went and sat under a shrub and moaned at God for the next while because it didn't happen with my people. <laughs> We want to be a people that are pointing people to God and seeing his glory, even if it doesn't affect this space, because it's not about this space. But it is about God's presence and glory. I love the story in Exodus 33. Um, and this is during the life of Moses and it's after he's given the Ten Commandments and they haven't gone, they're in the wilderness, they haven't gone, they haven't even had their first attempt at the Promised Land yet. And it says in Exodus, it's not gonna come up here, but it says in Exodus 33, 12 to 18, just in case you wanna turn to it in your Bibles, Exodus 33, 12 to 18. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people. But you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you've found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people, Moses says to God. But the, and the Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And I love Moses' response, verse 15. If your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What else is there, God? If it's not your presence, what else is there? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now, show me your glory. I love, Moses has seen everything and still going, God, show me your glory. But I love the question he asked, what else will distinguish us? And there's a million and a half people going across the desert, surely that will distinguish them. And I was thinking, you know, it's really important to be kind as a person, as a church. But there's tons of people that know nothing of God that are kind. What else will distinguish us? It's great. It's really important to have good Bible teachers, better than this. Maybe Tim Keller is standing here or something. But the Pharisees were amazing Bible teachers, but they didn't have the presence and the power and the life of God. It's really important to make good worship spaces. But music can manipulate a crowd. We want so much more, and I'm thankful for the spaces we create. We want so much more than that. We want the presence and the glory of God to be known. And it's really important to reach out and serve your community, and, and, and. But there's lots of people that do all those things. What else will distinguish us? And I was thinking about this, you know, when, when people in the community talk about grace, I would just love them to say, you know, there's just something about that crowd, that person that was at my door or delivered food to me or that I came in the building or that I met down the street or that I, the, the guy that goes to work with me or the girl that goes to school with me. There's just something. And I can't even put my finger on it. I don't even know what it is. Is it the way they smile or talk? I don't, I don't know, but, but whatever it is, I want some of that. Does the presence of God go with us? We want to be a church that is only pursuing the glory of God, and we'll fail at that, and we're gonna get to that in a second because we're human, and I love my glory. (laughs) But we want to be a church who is only pursuing the glory, the presence, the power, the reality of God, not, not, not our own glory. So what? And? Remember actually, Vanessa, when we were first talking about this years ago, we, we had this statement up: pursuing, pursuing the glory of God, and you asked the great question, what does that, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that look like? Sorry, Vanessa, for point, it was a good question. It was you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love what Pastor, well, it's already been referenced, but I love what Pastor Oleg said last week. He said, be ready, and then he said this. His first thing was, be ready, be ready, be ready. Then he said, read God's word with an open heart, and he will reveal incredible things to you. Again, the Pharisees read God's word. They had not memorized, actually. They would embarrass every single one of us with their knowledge of God's word but read God's word with an open heart. God, I don't understand this stuff. I I need your help. I need to comprehend it. I I wrestle with that and this, so so show me. Read God's word with an open heart and he will reveal incredible things to you. I love this As as a basic so what. Because the reality is you cannot read God's word with an open heart and stay under the illusion that you are the center of the universe. You'll be doomed if you want to stay there. You cannot read God's word with an open heart and stand to the illusion that if I do some great things, I'm gonna change this world. Apart from me, you can do nothing and you can't read God's word with an open heart and just think it's okay to believe a couple things and not allow it to grab you and pull you into life. Read God's word with an open heart and he will reveal incredible things to you. I wanna finish with a quote that's really important as a takeaway from this. But what I would love to do first as we enter 2023 is to just read a few short passages of scripture over you and then just leave a bit of space. Hear and read, it's gonna come up on the screen. Hear and read God's word with an open heart. And Holy Spirit, may you do in a reveal and do incredible things in us. How precious or valued are you to God? Write down these passages or make a mental note or stick them in your phone. Read them later, they're good. Take them with you into 2023. Psalm 139, just two verses out of it. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. The creator of the universe watched and moved in that Powerful, intimate way in you. So, how do you respond to that God who is holy? And awesome and powerful and loving and just. Read Psalm 51 this year. It starts like this Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sins. Unfailing love and great compassion are what meet broken, (laughs) hurting, corrupt, sinful people. And how did God respond? Second Corinthians 5, 17 and 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. I don't feel it, well it says it. <sighs> the old has gone, the new is here. That's you if you've surrendered your life to Christ. Why? God made him who had no sin to be sin, to become sin for you so that in him, you might become the righteousness of God. So where do I fit in all this? Romans 12. For just as each of us has one body with with many members, and those members do not all have the same function, do not all have the same function, we have different gifts. But I'm not like him or her. I don't do that well. These members do not all have the same function. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And one more. So, what's the call on my life? Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. <laughs> a town built in a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Pursue the glory of God in 2023 and you will find life. Well, that's a whole lot of pressure, isn't it? (laughs) But it's true. But I want to leave you with, I think, something that's so helpful coming at it. That's the call on your life. And that's the only place you'll find life and purpose and fulfillment and hope. No matter what else you believe, aren't my words, these are God's words. But that can just seem like a weight on your shoulders. That I gotta pursue them really well this year, better than last year. And yeah, that's the goal. But you may know the quote. And this, this was a call and response thing. You've probably heard the quote, if something is worth doing, it's worth doing wrong. Next slide, G.K. Chesterton, 100 year old, or 100 years ago, philosopher, theologian. If a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. Because if a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing and you're not always going to do it well. If that thing is worth doing, whether you fail or bomb out or forget, it's still worth doing. But we get stuck in the first saying, and we have New Year's resolutions, and by January 2nd at 4.59 p.m., we've blown it, and there goes another year. But if a thing is worth doing, it is worth doing Badly. And I think this is the encouragement we need to go into this year. You and I will totally let ourselves down this year and God. Yep. Get that in your head and accept it (laughs) and get back up when you do. You'll let others down, you'll say the wrong things, you'll do the wrong things, you'll react in the wrong ways. Accept that right now, by six o'clock today, you will have done that. Apologize, yep, absolutely, learn to apologize to, to the person, to yourself and to God, and then get back up because if it's worth doing, if it's worth treating that person well, if it's worth working towards something better, it's worth doing badly. You will fall out of the habit of praying or reading your Bible, I guarantee you probably already have. It's the, uh, I need to get further and further away now. It's the 16th, is it the 16th? I have bad eyes already. 15th of January. Remember, I'm gonna read my Bible every day, like four chapters and you're, you know. Yep, you're gonna let yourself down. Get back up, open it up again tomorrow morning, half a chapter, a chapter, and get back on the horse. Get ready to fail this year because you will. But don't let that stop you knowing and committing to and getting back up to the only thing worth giving your life for this year, pursuing the glory of God. Because apart from him, you will do nothing. And that's the reality that God tells us. We're gonna worship right now, and I wanna say one more thing in a second, but let me pray. God, help us, help us hear your word. If anything I've said this morning is true, File it in those synapses or however you file stuff in our brains. God, you've given us a calling. Help us to commit our lives to you, laying them down. But God, also help us to get back up when we fail to do it because you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. Yeah, I pray in Jesus' holy and awesome name.